Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the summoner's call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. That's good. Yeah, it's but Well, happy Extra Life. I think it's an Extra Life weekend for both of us. Uh, yep. Uh, because I was working yesterday, I wasn't able to join you guys then, but I've been playing um, Odyssey most of the day for Extra Life today. Nice. Uh, it's always uh, good to I've catch up. I think I've only had one viewer so far, which would be you. Yes, I did stop in briefly to uh, basically let you know I was working on it. I was going to get around to the show notes later today. And uh, in terms of Extra Life, we are still offering the ability to donate to Eddie and I until the end of December to determine our next game club. So just name the game in the comments of your donation and we will consider it. Uh, when I say consider it, it means we have a couple of guidelines you'll want to check the notes about. Uh, but those that voting will close at the end of December. And also, we're doing this live show right now for Extra Life. We promised we would. And we're doing it, and uh, yeah, it's it, pr- probably listening from home. You won't determine any difference, but if you enjoy a live setting for your podcast, uh, certainly check that out in the future. The video will be available um, in the show notes for this episode, so if you want to watch the video version, you can check that out. So, Eddie, let's break right into it. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight, both Fire Emblem Hero and Fire Emblem-related Got a bunch of banners going on in the game with the weekly revival banners. Uh, Sigurd, Nephany, and Julia are running right now. The land's bounty goes until the 11th of November. Om and Faze battle goes until the 11th as well. Trick or defeat goes until the 15th. And new power banner goes until the 20th. Finally, we got desert mercenaries. I almost said desert mercenaries, which would not be accurate. Um, Those go until the 28th of november eddie how'd you do on some summoning this week um i ground up my first summon tickets through the forging bonds for Mm the uh dessert mercenaries as you said um i was aiming i actually focused on this one because i was limited on funds after uh leaf so i focused on uh ephraim with green as well for because uh garrick and ephraim were the two i was most interested in uh, while I had no luck getting Ephraim, uh, the new dual hero, I did manage to get uh, Garrick uh, while in there. I also managed to pick up a Ross, who's the new 3-4 to four star with this one, as well as Valbar, the one who came with the last group, and the shockingly, amazingly demoted Python uh, from those in the process. And Python was at 4 star, not I didn't uh, get pity broken by him. Which would be really bad. Never mind, that would be bad. So that's interesting that you uh, are kind of living proof that the new sort of three, four star additions and the demotions are kind of working well to give you at least some new heroes at that level. That's That's got to count for something, right? I mean, you mentioned them, so. Yep. Um, and I just mentioned because they are new to me. Uh, Valbar I didn't get during his original banner, and I you know speaking of demotions i still haven't gotten mercedes who got demoted right right well we will definitely keep an eye out for that i don't have much of an update this week as i was trying my best to get larachelle the halloween larachelle and i got a no green pull ended up going for the blue which was the next sort of logical step and got 
Ileana, and I was like, all right, time to jump out of this. So that was the end. I think that was on the last day the banner was even active. So, uh, yeah, I got I got Halloween Ileana, and no, I don't have all the tickets. I don't have any of the tickets. Honestly, I've been so busy with other stuff that I haven't had a chance to really grind out uh, Forging Bonds. So I did not get the tickets for the new Heroes banner, but hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, that when we talk next week, I'll have something to report there. But my luck in terms of limited free summoning has not been that great. So I don't expect the world, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it all in all, a pretty quiet week for me, summoning-wise. But, um, and, you know, we do have lots to talk about. So I'm curious if you want to run down the upcoming events and then let's get into what is essentially the conclusion of book three and six new heroes. Uh, yep. So uh, just a note, uh, last week, Daylight Saving Times hit. Uh, so with this new calendar, the um, dates are based off of uh, at least if you're in the Americas, they probably give a different one in Europe. But um, the America calendar is based off of Pacific time at 11 p.m. Uh, so essentially, if you're looking at the calendar and you're not on the Pacific time, uh, add a day to them, pretty much. I guess Hawaii wouldn't add a day, but otherwise, uh, add a day to the dates on there. Mm-hmm. Which means we have Cormac's Ground Hero Battle, uh, which we'll discuss him later, uh, starting tomorrow on the 11th. We have a set of Alphonse-focused quests starting on the 12th. Uh, we have another round of Lost Lore uh, starting up on the 13th. And a new round of Rooker Sieges starting on the 16th. Sweet. Good stuff. And I realize I didn't put names here, but I will uh, kick off the conversation when it comes to... I keep wanting to say dessert, but it's desert mercenaries banner i don't know why i do that it's just for some reason it's not i didn't have dessert for dinner so maybe that's the case but uh desert mercenaries banner we had the end of book three that happened uh yeah so (laughs) let's talk a bit about that because again so we come to the end of book three as the chapter starts uh, Hell tells Air to kill the summoner, and as the chapter progresses, we see Air struggle with this as well as remember a previous version of Sharina. We pause with a cliffhanger, like Air is going to do as her mother commands, and in the next section, we find out that Hell actually kidnapped Air and pretended to be her mother to get her trust. And now that the summoner is dead, she is going to get rid of Air, at which point Alphonse and everyone shows up to reveal that Air did not kill us. We can use the weapon to allow us to kill Hell. To further emphasize the inability to properly end the story, we then jump to a scene of Lif and Threshir uh, talking and discussing a version Lif had of. Oh, sorry, a vision Lif had of everything that we just did. So, okay, there's a lot going on here, and there's a lot of weirdness going on here. It feels. Does it feel like to you, Eddie, that? A, they didn't know how to end it, and B, they probably needed another story chapter to kind of tell it properly. Well, the another story chapter to kind of tell it properly has been going on for three books so far. So it's always felt really rushed in the last chapter Mm -hmm. of every book. Um, And that weird, it was all a dream type thing, or... Leaf had a vision of it before it all happened, making it what making you wonder, 
did this even happen, or are we just all dead? And there's never going to be a chip book four. Yeah. It's just, it, wh- why? Why was that even there? Yeah, the, the end-end with Liff and Threshier was kind of like, okay, were they providing closure to two characters that had, that had already passed? That didn't make much sense. I feel like we got the closure when they when they died. Um, but Exactly. I mean, I kind of liked I, I liked the ending in the sense that Air was sort of a you know displaced daughter, and they kind of leave some hints as to maybe they can uh, you know look at her lineage, um, even though her parents are quote unquote they're dead, um, but maybe looking more there, like she's from the Dragon of Life. That's well, also pretty important, if right? If I recall correctly, uh, Hal said she kidnapped Air, not that she killed her mother; that her mother had died. So I thought she said she slaughtered her family. Maybe she did. It's been a, you know, couple days since I played through it, mm-hmm. so I can't remember exactly what she said off the top of my head. I think it, I mean, it sounded like to me it felt like it was very finite or very finale type esque. It's like yeah, they're dead. But yeah, then based again, on how they do it, I don't expect Air to come back as the focus unit. So no, no. Yeah. I mean, Air has certainly had a whole book to sort of do the same thing over and over again which is oh mm-hmm. i don't belong oh uh and and yeah. i think she still she still doesn't get that closure at the end where we invite her to come back with us to ask her but again like she's reminiscing about oh this sounds so familiar um i i, I mean in the end it does seem like she comes back with us after hell is defeated and killed but you know but does she get relegated to the fiorm sort of slot where now she just shows up for all the paralogues and forging bond stories to kind of add flavor that i would bet so yeah it just feels it feels very they well they needed to kill hell so hell's dead and Maybe there's an epilogue book. Like maybe we can we can hope against hope that we get an epilogue story at some point. But it really feels like we're gonna see uh, just the 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 move to book four. I mean, I even saw there was uh, in on Reddit. I saw that they already have achievements in the Android version for book book four chapters one and two. So okay, I mean, not that we didn't think book four was happening, but at least we know that it's literally around the corner right um, well we kind of suspected it i figured like last year we'd be getting a um we'll be getting another fade channel uh probably shortly after the november yeah like superman saying in the chat shortly after the um what are likely to be the far-fetched heroes on the 18th or 19th mm-hmm. uh we should be getting a fade channel and book four launching the beginning of next month just like beginning of last december we got book three mm-hmm. so yeah I, I mean i look forward to book four i i think um i just want to see them pace it a little better again i feel like this last chapter could have been could have been two chapters there could have been a breaking point there but but i did appreciate the fact that you know what i could have really used i was fine with all of the air stuff and hell that was all fine that worked for me what really didn't work was the behind the scenes wave of the hand air actually didn't kill us and now she's on our side i feel like that could have used some more exploration and there could have been they could have split it in half where literally the first half was you got to kill them and then her being inviting the summoner to hey come with me alone to this dark and secluded area where no one knows where we are that's definitely not i'm going to murder you talk right 
that would have been a good cliffhanger and then bring it up the next story where we actually see that conversation, you know, uh, or maybe just build it out a little more, I think. Yeah, that was kind of weird because, like, you know, it ends the chapter with Air saying, oh, I must kill you, don't struggle. And then all of a sudden she just randomly decided not to. Yeah. Apparently. I feel like some, some weight there would have been nice. Um, but, uh, you know, as uh, as you said, Superman in the chat room. Hi, Superman. Uh, Superman 2000, to be exact. Uh, that means Lif should be this month's mythic hero, which, again, is something we've been sort of speculating on for a while. And yeah, since Thresir came out as a mythic last time. Exactly. and But that brings us to Hell. Are we going to get Hell as a normal... I don't think she's normal. I mean, now that we have these legendary and mythic heroes, I think you got to kind of give her equal... I feel like Hell's... If we hit Hell, she's got to be a mythic, and I guess mm-hmm. that means she's... Either they're just going to drop her randomly out of, you know, out of nowhere, or she's going to be uh, the January mythic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll certainly see. I mean, we've got another couple, three weeks before we hit that that sort of mythic you know, uh, mythic announcement, but then we should be getting a book four announcement around then as well. So all in all, I think you're right, Eddie, that this is, uh, this is par for the course, unfortunately, with them wrapping up books. And I mean, this is year three of this game. It would be really nice to see them stick the landing for once. Just throwing it out there. It'd be nice to see them do it, but I mean, you can go just about anywhere and find issues with them quote-unquote sticking the landing i mean i've played through one section of three houses so far and partway through a second one and it felt like there was leftover things that apparently from what i hear is actually either explained more or taken care of in a different routing yeah so that feels uh, that feels a little different because then you can do it's a little different you can do it in a separate separate mode but that means that you know, it makes it hard for there to be a canon ending. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because if you say the canon ending is the Blue Lion route, then, you know... It kind of invalidates all the other in the dark never, mm-hmm. uh, Those who slither in the dark never got hunted down. If true. you say it's the, you know, Crimson Flower route, you know, I'm not near the end there, but, you know most likely it'll be a different ending for Edelgard in that route Mm -hmm. than was in the blue line. Right. Well, uh, let's, let's cap the, let's let's cap that discussion in terms of book three. Yeah. We can save that discussion for, I'm going to do more three houses. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see what book four has to offer. Don't, don't get me wrong, folks. I want to, I want to see how they start up a new story because this, this book three ending kind of, in my mind, clean the slate. You know, book one had some leftover stuff. Book two had some leftover stuff. But book three is kind of like, okay, we're done here. You know, uh, it, it might have been book- an, an untidy wrapping, but they wrapped it, you know. Yeah, and although book one's leftover stuff hasn't been resolved, book mm-hmm. two's leftover stuff is hanging out in the um, uh, paralogs and forging bonds mm-hmm. and somehow feeling a lot better. Yeah. Um, so, you know, technically they still haven't wrapped, wrapped the, those hanging threads up. 
No, they're not very good at that. Uh, but let's uh, let's talk about these new units because we've got quite a few to discuss, including a brand new duo. We've got Ephraim and Leon, the dynam the dynastic duo. Uh, I screwed myself up on this. The dynamic or er, dynastic duo are here from Sacred Stones to set some rules around how duo heroes will be summoned. Uh, Ephraim, Prince of Rene, is well known for his bravery and valor. Meanwhile, Leon is the Prince of Grado, who is known for his kindness and intellect. The two of them are firm friends. This duo is a blue lance infantry unit wielding Regenleif, <laughs> which is effective against armored and cavalry foes, grants attack plus three, and if unit's attack is greater than foe's attack and or extra movement granted, and or... And these, the way they describe these, and or extra movement granted by another skill is active on unit, unit makes a guaranteed follow attack. Follow up attack. Uh, they have a new skill in the A slot called Heavy Blade 4, where if unit's attack is greater than foe's attack, gra uh, grants special cooldown charge plus one and deals plus five damage to foe per unit's attack. Uh, only the highest value will be applied, does not stack. And rounding out their kit is Draconic Aura as a special Lull Attack slash Defense 3 in the B slot and Odd Attack Wave 3 in the C slot. So um, correct me if I'm wrong, this is just a normal uh, Blue Lance Infantry. I did I actually didn't check if it was armored. I'm not exactly uh, sure. I believe if you were... Uh, it should be Infantry. I believe it's Infantry. Yeah, I think so. Um, their stuff works for armor too. Uh, what you forgot to mention is their duo skill. Oh yeah. Um, as I had mentioned with uh, when we had Hector, uh, we didn't know what new duo skills were going to be, and we found out they could be just about anything because mm -hmm. uh, these guys uh, give a buff to armored and infantry units of plus one to movement. Oh. Uh, so that duo skill helps activate their lance giving them a guaranteed follow-up attack when they use their duo skill. Nice. Uh, good catch yeah. on that, because honestly, it wasn't in the... I didn't notice it in the Serene's Forest write-up, so um, it I must have I think been... the write-up was basing it off of the uh, video, which didn't actually tell you what it did. It just kind of hinted at it by showing it in action. Okay, but... neat. Um, now, you made a note here, and I alluded to it, that this, this kind of sets the stage for how they're going to be dealing with duo heroes going forward in the sense we weren't sure if they were going to be added to the pool or kept separate well i hadn't really been questioning what was going to happen the first um dual unit we got was a seasonal unit so him not going into the normal pool was uh not surprising mm -hmm. uh but we did get a tweet by uh the fade news uh fade channel or whatever um that dual units do not come back into the pool or do not go into the normal summoning pool. So um, they're only, you know, essentially it said Ephraim's only going to be available on this one and possibly on other summoning banners later on. And if mm -hmm. they never bring him back, that would be really weird. Well, but, yeah. Never never say never, as intelligent systems will often say, by basically yes. having as many banners as possible running at once. But they um, have, you know, yeah, they put their cautionary wording in. So, like, you know, it may or may not appear on another banner later on. Yeah. If it I mean, never appears on a, another banner, I would be surprised. 
Do you see it being sort of kept for legendary slash mythic banners, similar, similar, sorry, to other, well, legendary and mythic heroes? Maybe they, they throw them in with that lot. Uh, they may do that, or it may just be every so often we'll get a duo banner with nothing but duo heroes, mm-hmm. or there'll be another special banner, like, you know, uh, heroes with heavy blade will pop up and they'll be on it, hmm. you know, because they have the upgraded heavy blade there. We were kind of spoiled by the first duo hero in the way they, they looked and, and were sort of presented with Hector and Lelina, but then you mm-hmm. look at Ephraim and, and Leon and it's like... It's just two dudes standing next to each other. It's kind of underwhelming. I mean, I know what you're going to ask, like, what were you expecting? It's like, I don't expect, yeah. you know, Leon to be on Ephraim's shoulders and then, like, coming in trying to, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I was expecting. But again, I am kind of underwhelmed. That's all I got to say. And, and the artists confirmed these are supposed to be a younger version than appear in Sacred Stones of the two characters. Mm-hmm. Um. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess we got lucky in the fact that they had a perfect, very, you know, kind of touching duo to start it with. But I knew eventually, you know, we were going to have to just get two random characters. (laughs) I mean, I figured they might hold off before they did that. But, you know, and I know they're not random per se. They are longtime friends, and I haven't played Sacred Stone, so I don't know what the entire situation with the characters are because i don't know i had it in my mind that leon was the bad guy in the game but yeah um, i don't know why i thought that as well well yeah so anyways like let's i said say... i haven't really played sacred stones so, but i mean i was figuring maybe we get a couple before we got to this point yet you know yeah. a couple couples or something just two friends like, broing out and being like yep let's team up and they're standing really close to each other, which is fine. I just, it's, uh, it's just one of those things. It's, it's, I don't know. It, it's new art, so don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining that they just, at least they didn't slam, you know, Ephraim and Leon's con- existing art together and be like duo hero. No, th- this is new art, sure. and as you said, it's a, it's a younger version. Yeah, it's a younger characters. version, and it kind of fits because even if Leon is the uh, villain in the game um you know there is expressed in that game that bond when they were younger mm-hmm. you know so it's showing off that bond so. yeah makes sense uh what do we got for is it jarek uh, i was pronouncing it garrick i don't um, know why i went with jarek i guess this is a gif gif sure. conversation maybe could be uh, leader of a mercenary band based in the desert country of Jahana, Garrick joins as a Green Axe Infantry Unit. He is the Desert Tiger, is his subtitle. Uh, he brings the Fire Sweep line of weapons to the axes with his Fire Sweep Axe Plus as his uh, weapon. Uh, the Fire Sweep line, if you'll remember, is the ones that prevent counterattacking uh, for both him and his foes. Uh, so, you know, when you use that weapon... Unless you have a skill that ignores it, you n- will not be able to counterattack. Mm. Uh, he does not come with any new skills, but he does have the tier 4 version of Darting Blow, as well as Moonbow for his special, Sudden Panic, and Infantry Pulse to round out his kit. Right, and this is where we've already said neither of us, well, 
We've already, Eddie's already said he hasn't played Sacred Stones. I also have not played Sacred Stones. And this could possibly be where everybody uh, who's listening to the show and is like, all right, we're going to make these guys play Sacred Stones. Because from this character onward, I have no idea who we're talking about. This is all new. And when I saw this banner, it was like, I don't know who any of these people are, uh, except obviously for Ephraim because and Leon, thanks to the fact that you know they've appeared in this game before. So, yeah, I have no attachment <laughs> and, to these guys. Hey, it took me like three or four of their conversations in Forging Bounds to realize that Ewan and Tethys were related. Mm-hmm. So, And the only reason I know that is because I wrote the description for Ewan. So, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Superman in chat is saying, well, I don't like Fire Emblem Sacred Stones. So maybe maybe people will listen to this and be like, you know, we're all in this together. And I think a lot of people, you know, I think Sacred Stones was the the second Fire Emblem game to come out in North America. I don't think it was received particularly well. It was kind of diminishing returns from that first sort of game that came out. And then it didn't kind of kick back into high gear until Awakening. And, and even then it saw a bit of a dip with the way Fates was received. And I mean, I think Echoes yeah. was kind of like, okay, but... You know, yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Ewan. Let's let's get through these for uh, Superman's sake. Uh, Ewan, eager student, this young whippersnapper is a mage in training who studies under the sage Sele. He's also the younger brother of Tethys, a dancer who works with Garrick's band of mercenaries. Is it what were you saying, Jarek? We should just be on the same page. You're the one who was saying Jarek. I was saying Jarek. <laughs> So Garrick, okay, Garrick. As a red mage infantry unit, he wields Rudder Rud Rod Serpent Plus, where if foe initiates combat and uses bow, dagger, magic, or staff, this grants defense slash resistance plus six during combat. He has a new skill in the B slot called Sabotage Speed Three, where at start of turn, if any foe's resistance is less than or equal to uh another unit's resistance minus three and that foe is adjacent to another foe inflicts speed minus seven on foe through its next action rounding out ewan's kit is glacius or glacies as a special and swift stance two in the a slot um yeah this uh the younger brother of tethys yeah it doesn't doesn't really jump out at me outside of the connection yeah, and to if the his next weapon hero. is new, I think it's just because it's new for that color. Because I'm pretty sure we have serpent tones and other colors. So okay, that's good. Could be misremembering. I have no idea, but he's pretty so, unmemorable. Yeah. He's cute. He continues the Fire Emblem series of bringing extremely young child children into war. So true. The uh, tradition extremely young looking children in the war. Yeah. Well, this I think this one is legit a kid. So they uh, they put them to work, I guess, at at war. So yeah, always a solid teaching moment in Fire Emblem. Ray and Lou, you know, similar age seeming for sure. Althea, you know, all of them. There's many an example. We literally played a whole game for eighty hours that was all about kids fighting. So. and training them to fight. So uh, it, even um, the newer entries. Yeah, but those are, you know, older teenagers. If you're referring to Three Houses. I am like referring to Three Houses. The older teenagers, teenagers for are half still, the game, you know. 
Uh, uh, the young youngest is fifteen. Still, that's still pretty. I young. mean, you and Althea and Ray and Lou all look to be you know ten to twelve. They could be fifteen for all we know, according to them. Uh, you're right. Those they do look kind of young, I suppose. But what about uh, Tethys? What do we got here? Tethys, uh, beloved dancer, is Ewan's older sister, hailing from the desert country of Johanna. Tethys joins heroes as a colorless, dagger-wielding infantry dancer. Uh, she wields the Cleaner Plus that was introduced with the Gull, um, which, uh, if you don't remember what that does, it has, of course, the dagger debuff, as all daggers do. Uh, pretty sure it's dagger 7, like usual. It also rents a bonus to her attack, equal to the total bonuses on her foe during combat. Uh, so if you have a really buffed-up opponent, she's going to hit him really hard. Uh, she does have a new skill, although it's not a fancy one. It's the uh, Dagger EXP skill, uh, bringing the EXP boost over to Dagger units. Uh, and her other skills are Dance, as seems obvious, and Speed Resistance Spawn. Uh, so looking at her setup, she's most likely to get demoted. Mm-hmm. You know, no no real new skills, and EXP skills are not ones that will guarantee you don't get demoted. So. All right. Yeah, so uh, older sister of Ewan, new dancer, added to the mix. Uh, we have our three four-star units. So, again, I think we can pretty much lock this in. This is going to be something that happens going forward. But we've got Ross, his father's son. Oh, uh, man, that's a... That's a rough subtitle for you, man. I uh, everyone else gets cool stuff. I, although the next one, aloof lanceman, maybe maybe I'm wrong. So already, but hailing from the village of Ide in Rene, Ross is a rookie warrior who's ready to take on the world. Ross is the son of Garcia, who was once a commander in the Rene military. No new skills, but as a green axe infantry unit, he has brave axe plus as a weapon, smite as an assist. Fire boost three in the A slot and threaten defense three in the C slot. So this guy is going to be coming up uh, in your three four slots if you uh, or stars if you are summoning on this banner and going forward as well. Now these, yep. so yeah, I mean honestly, again, I thought I thought they threw Uin in twice. <laughs> he looked very similar. Like again, another kid. Yeah, he, he um he definitely looks young. Uh, he, um, oh, uh, Superman mentioned, reminds us that, uh, fire boost is at four stars. Right. Uh, so that's, he might even have some skill. Yeah. And he might even have some five star, like, I don't know if, I don't know if his weapon brave axe usually, well, brave axe plus would be five star only. Right. Uh, brave axe regular would be at four star. Uh, usually, you know, as a situation, certain skills are limited to, uh, five star only. You probably threaten defense on him. Mm-hmm. Is five star only, and fire boost is at four star. So he's a great one if you're trying to get fire boost for other units. Okay. Um, but uh, he looks young, but he kind of looks similar to like Barst and all the other uh, young, you know, axe guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit younger, but he he does look a bit more of a teen, you know, mid to older teenager. Yeah. Than compared to Ewan. Yeah. Well, again, like another... I feel like if we do eventually play Sacred Stones, like a lot of these heroes, we might come back to this episode and be like, ah, you know, 
some of these characters are all right but then it could it, it, maybe it would be worse i don't know yes so the last character for uh that launched with this group is cormac the aloof lanceman he's going to be coming out as a grand hero battle as we mentioned tomorrow uh he is a wyvern rider from grado uh in sacred stones of course he appears as an enemy and then mm-hmm. jo- uh will join with erica or ephraim uh through various things depending on which route you're playing uh, he joins heroes as a blue lance flying unit, wielding a slaying lance, uh, plus at five star with Ignis as a special. Being a grand hero battle unit, he does not have any new skills, but does come with dull clothes and defense open. Hmm. Uh, I didn't double check which one is which, if either of them is locked to five star only, or which one's comes at uh, is available at four star, fully filled out. Hmm. Well, yeah, so. uh, he'll be. Uh, this will be the reminder to all, including myself, that he is the grand hero battle, and uh, we should all try to get him before he goes away. And then we have to wait two months for him to show up in the. Uh... Launches at two a.m. tomorrow morning. So I'll be there asleep. I will not be there at two a.m. But I'll be there tomorrow. I'll see what I can in do. A couple weeks before he goes away. True, but sometimes that doesn't help. <laughs> I still forget. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I'm glad uh, that we. Thanks, thanks, Superman. It is Dull Close is the one will be that'll be available at four star. Uh, defense opening is locked to five stars. Nice. Thank you, Superman. So, cost your feathers if you want that defense opening fully maxed out to give to other people. The hero we all need. This, it's really great that we have someone here for the live show to and and that it's Superman. So everyone who maybe listens to this like two weeks late and doesn't know we what we did it live just thinks we've suddenly gone mad. And we reference, uh, you know, Superman just randomly. But no, we do appreciate the corrections. That's really great. That's, that is that uh, is very helpful. Um, well, I usually have Clark Kent here, but it's Superman today. I, yeah, you know where, I don't know where Clark Kent is, but honestly, I swore he was just here a minute ago. And, uh, we, and you know, this new guy comes in, doesn't look anything like him, but anyways. Uh, we've got some fun news and a, a sort of rumory type stuff to discuss. Why don't we start with the rumory stuff because that's uh, that's the big thing we can take a bite out of because it seems as though a cancelled Fire Emblem remake for 3DS could live again on the Nintendo Switch. So, Eddie, so. this was sort of, un- not unveiled, but reported on uh, late last week. Uh, so, or, sorry, no, or, I will early know, last week. And I didn't read this exact copy of it, but sure. I will note that the actual rumor is as far as i can tell developed by the fan base what we got was a confirmation that there was another fire emblem remake in in progress for the 3ds that got canceled oh i see and the guy who said it got canceled would not be surprised if it comes to switch as many of us would not be surprised too they did work on it uh after the few games that launched at the beginning of this year bombed so hard on the 3DS. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they canceled them, and one of the ones that he confirmed was canceled was another Fire Emblem remake. Uh, so we're all hoping and speculating that it might come to the Switch, and I do definitely hope it does come to the Switch, mm-hmm. especially since they've pushed the Switch as a portable with the light even more. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, 
the direct quote from Kind of Funny Games Daily, it's uh, Imran Khan, the former senior editor at Game Informer. Basically, he name drops Fire Emblem as, as a game that was, like you said, was in development. And, uh, you know, here's the quote. I know there was another Fire Emblem remake in the works for 3DS, and that was one of the things that they shuttered. So maybe that's one of the things they'll bring forward to the Switch. So it's not really crafted by the fan base, but but it's a small tidbit of a larger quote, which is essentially Nintendo has halted their 3DS development sooner than they expected. Uh, as you said, uh, very poor sales for... I think the Mario and Luigi remake that just, I think it was Bowser's Inst... No, sorry. So, something like that. That or something else that came out in like January, February this year. Yeah. Just... Bombed hard, and I believe that company actually went bankrupt, which is unfortunate because I really love the Mario and Luigi <sighs> franchise. Uh, but this, it's interesting. I think if you look at the most popular sort of franchises and the other games that were sort of casually dropped as some of the titles... Um, Fire Emblem seems the most likely because remakes seem to be a thing we're getting. But do you think? So, I would agree that Fire Emblem seems one of the more likely ones to get uh, picked back up. Mm-hmm. But I think more Three Houses is responsible for that than it just being Fire Emblem. No, I, and what I was going to say was, I think I, I do think you're right. I think Three Houses makes this more likely. They want to cash in on the franchise at an all-new high. But my question becomes, uh, do you think they div- they're they able to pull off what they've done with Zelda, where you have the 2D and the 3D games existing on the same platform and coexisting? Do you think they can do that as well with Fire Emblem, where you have three houses, the large epic, you know, adventure, and then you have the remake done in a sort of original 3D style, similar to the 3DS, but up-resed, you know? Um, do you think they can coexist? Possibly. Um, I think they would probably have to redo a bunch of work, and um, it's hard to say for sure. Uh, we have no clue what the remake was or how far along they were. Uh, so it might be easy to do it in the, not too hard to do it in a three-house style to the art. Just, you know, redo the maps for the three-houses engine and stuff. Mm-hmm. It might be doable, you know. We wouldn't, you would, probably would not be able to add in any, without stretching in any kind of um, monastery type thing. Uh, but they might be able to do a good chunk of updating that makes it look really nice and add a few things that people really like mm-hmm. you know yeah i think putting it in the three houses we got to remember that three houses as a game was primarily developed by koei tecmo i mean intelligent systems did a lot of the story a lot of a lot of the character art and sort of concept art but a lot of the implementation was done by an entirely different development team and that i'm not saying they couldn't do that again but if you look at remakes, that's usually an opportunity to take an existing product and build it internally in a small uh, and cheap fashion or less expensive fashion. I wonder, obviously, I'm not stating like, oh, it'd be easier for them to just do it in a new engine. No, like, I think you're right. Like, using an existing engine is is probably key here. But even looking at Three Houses, that's a, a, a heavily modified engine that was used in Fire Emblem Warriors. So again, 
maybe maybe this would make the all the work that went into that engine even more useful by then applying it to a remake so you might be on to something and saying like yeah let's let's do it in the three houses engine and add more value to all the work we've already done on that front from an engineering standpoint um mm-hmm. and and probably receive better i feel there's few franchises that can kind of offer two distinct play styles and graphical styles and still sell at the $80 Canadian $60 US price tag. Um, and I think, I don't know if Fire Emblem's capable of it. I, 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 I'm sorry, but I, I don't know. It's real tough. I love Fire Emblem. I mean, but depending on what they do, mm-hmm. I could see it being only a 40 or $50 game. And maybe digital only type thing. Kind yeah. of a art, you know, shop only game. Well, but what like is said, depending on what they do? What is Tokyo Mirage Sessions selling for? Is it a discounted title? Uh, no, I think it. Well, I don't know for sure. I don't know it, for sure either. I just throw it out there as sort of an. I don't and, know why but, I did that. You know, I don't know the whatever answer. whatever game it is is a lot older. Mm-hmm. And if they're trying to stick uh, mostly true to the story, like they did with Echoes, um, I could see them. You know, maybe lowering the price a little yeah which is why i said maybe 50 instead of you know 40 10 dollars would be know. would be a, a good discount and that's us you know yeah but like i said it also depends on what they do one of the speculations i saw was suggesting maybe they're going to do a six and seven uh you know version which would be uh which would be blazing blade and binding blade right uh, they remake blazing blade which you know will bring in all of us americans and then they you know bring in uh you know and then at the end of blazing blade you jump right into binding blade story where you get to meet roy and all the characters that are kind of well known from smash or sort of known from smash roy at least and you know the children of the blazing blade you know yeah I think that would be and a that would solid be, entry. It would be a solid entry, but it would also be what were originally two full-size games, so I could easily see them doing full price for that because it's so large. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, they uh, there's some other suggestions here in terms, if you're looking at, you know, following release order, the next scheduled game for um, a remake would be the Genealogy of the Holy War, which would bring a Japanese-only game to the States. And... I mean that would or be. Or they could easily do a Mystery of the Emblem remake because we True. haven't gotten Mystery of the Emblem in the U.S. Yeah, which is FE3. So. There, there are a lot of options, and at the end of the day, uh, it's not unheard of for intelligent systems to be working on. To there's a lot of great examples, and definitely check out this article. We'll link it in the show notes. But there are a lot of great examples of intelligent systems working on two games at once for very different platforms. Looking at a GBA game in a development while a gamecube game is in development so there's a lot of examples here and i think whatever we do end up getting i really i really hope we get a fire emblem remake uh with with this sort of push from 3ds to switch we i I really want something there i love the remakes that they've done so far i thought echoes was superb i essentially played through it one and a half times you know 
ones for or half a time for me and then a whole other time for this show and i enjoyed every moment of it maybe except for the final map but i want to play that was one of the big things you know guiding got complaints even from the beginning was map design they didn't really change the map designs that much so there were some maps that were a little clunky Mm mm-hmm well, uh, if you have some thoughts on the canceled Fire Emblem remake coming to the Switch uh, from 3DS, certainly let us know in the Discord or email, and we'll give you those links at the end. But uh, one final thing for the L Realm Gate, three houses. We got the Wave 3 of DLC dropped. Eddie, you want to run us through this? So, yep, uh, out of nowhere on, uh, I guess, Friday, Thursday or Friday night, uh, wave 3 as well as patch 1.1 or something like that. I forget the exact numbering of the patch. Uh, wave 3 in the free patch got dropped. Uh, in the free patch, we got an additional 20 save slots as well as uh, Uritsa on certain routes. Uh, essentially, it said certain routes will join you in part 2 or certain char- or new characters will join you in part 2 of certain routes. Uh, there were also some bug fixes and updates to the appearance menus. Uh, essentially allowing you to um, separately, uh, if I'm reading it correctly, I haven't messed with it much yet, uh, change what they're wearing in the monastery versus what they're wearing in battle. Uh, so you can have a different outfit for battle while different, you know, you're running around in something else, hmm. uh, which would be nice. You know, it's a little weird having half your characters running around in loungewear in the middle of battle. Yeah. Uh, you can now, just make everyone wear pajamas in the monastery and then yep. everyone wear battle armor on on the uh, warfront. Makes sense. Yep. Uh, the expansion pass brought Anna as a playable unit. Uh, there's a quest that will appear that allows you to recruit her uh, starting after Chapter 3 of Part 1. Uh, you also have a new facility in the sauna in the monastery, as well as quests to activate it, um, as in some new outfits. Uh, I believe there was like summer attire, maid, and butler outfits uh, for various for pretty much all the characters. Uh, but the most important aspect of this expansion pass update is that uh, you get a quest that allows you to interact with the dogs and cats around the monastery. Mm. I don't. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Twitter account. Can you pet the dog? The amount of people that tagged that account when this Wave 3 was announced was uh, very interesting. Now, yes. I, I I mean, I'm all for being able to pet you know animals in video games. I think that's a great sort of interaction that every video game should have. I think it's really exciting that they've added uh, petting, petting the dog. This seems very light. Again, I said this about Wave 1 and Wave 2. This is all a build-up to Wave 4, and whatever that is will determine whether I purchase the entire season. Uh, uh, the entire expansion pass, sorry. I, I really... I thought maybe Wave 3 would be the one, but I'm still not convinced. Like, is the sauna just another place to awkwardly interact with my students? Or I I don't know yet. Haven't had a chance to hop in there. Yeah, you haven't. No. Okay. Well, I'm. I'll yeah. I'll take a look at it like from a you know from a perspective of reviews and see what people say. But um, yeah, and uh, you know Yang, we we did discuss sort of the duo unit being out of the normal pool and and not. I don't know if we really understood. We discuss, 
Yeah, we didn't discuss whether it's scummy or not, or you know, greedy or not. Um, it's weird, on right? What they're it's weird. I mean, it depends on what they're planning to do with duo units and how often we'll be getting banners that allow them. Um, you know, uh, apparently you get better instructions for Byleth and the unit you go to the sauna with. Hmm. Uh, so I guess a better chance of getting higher. Uh, getting great or excellent or whatever the times 1.5 or times 2.0 okay uh but as for doing units not being in the normal pool i mean we already mentioned like the first one was seasonal so it wasn't surprising that that didn't get thrown in uh i was surprised that this one wasn't put in the normal pool uh and like i was saying it depends on what they're planning to do with them mm-hmm. if you know they're gonna add some special uh, thing where doing units have an advantage or are required. I guess they want to limit it. Uh, it's yeah. I, it's just weird that they're not putting it in. I don't see why they can't just put it in. The dual skills, especially this dual skill, doesn't seem that powerful to lock it out like that. Hmm. I agree. I mean, we really you you kind of have to give them. The benefit of the doubt and i know that's tough at this point considering that um they kind of had an out with the special heroes and now you have the normal heroes and you kind of hope they would have addressed it in a way that felt good as a player base um yeah and and i agree with yang it, if they're not going to put them in the normal pool then they should have just kept them as special heroes and or, that's honestly what i anticipated slash legendary heroes and that's kind of what i anticipated at least for a while before they had a decent stock of them yeah, it was yeah. weird that they threw they they threw in this conundrum so quickly. I didn't think they would they would come to this point so so fast. But I mean, um, all great all great stuff. And and you know we can stick around a little bit after and discuss some questions and answers. But that's pretty much the show. Uh, next week, Game Club will be returning for Fire Emblem Fates Conquest. We're going to be playing Chapter Twenty One. So if you want to follow along, you can certainly do so. And, uh, yeah, visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash Faye. Email the show, Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Uh, follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at rmurphy, eddie at Drelfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers in for show updates. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning. Mm-hmm.